Welcome to Uptown. We appreciate you making us a part of your day. We're here to empower, encourage, and uplift you on your journeys. We invite you to join us. We have Wednesday night Bible study at 6.30 p.m., Sunday service at 11 a.m., and you can watch us online. Glad you're here. Let's begin today's message. Like I said, I want to talk about Nehemiah. There's something special about Nehemiah because Nehemiah was a servant, and Nehemiah, he had a heart after God, and, and Nehemiah was a cupbearer. Amen? Amen? If I had to title this message, I would. I would title it like this, The Loyalty of a Cupbearer. Amen? Say that with me, The Loyalty of a Cupbearer. Amen? Now, I'm going to explain to you what that means. Amen? The meaning of a cupbearer in this day, because let me, let me kind of give you a little background. If there was the king... And the king always had enemies, right? So, so the king would have someone who was special to him or someone that he can trust because when they give the king his cup of wine or his cup of juice or his cup of water, someone who hates the king may have slipped poison into it. So if there was any kind of cautiousness what would happen, the cupbearer would take a drink out of the cup first. So this is what it means. The holder of this office was brought into confidential relations with the king. It must have been thoroughly trustworthy as part of his duties was to guard against poison in the king's cup. I'm going to say that again to guard against poison in the king's cup. So in other words, what we're going to talk about this afternoon is the loyalty of the cupbearer. Amen? Amen? We're going to talk about how a man was willing to give his life for somebody else. Amen? Because every time he took a sip of that cup, he was putting his life on the line. Amen? Amen. So the cupbearer, he was with the king all the time. So he understood some real sensitive information that were going across the king's chair or the king's desk that he understood and that he knew that he could not speak of. That's why he was trustworthy. Amen? The cupbearer. Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king of Persia, and his name was King Artaxas. Now, what I want you to understand about, about this is that this king had a natural life. I'm going to say that again to you. This king had a natural life. 
In other words, he breathed and he ate just like you and I. There was nothing special about this man except that he was a king. Amen? But the cupbearer was a servant. The cupbearer was one who was willing to take his life and replace it with the king's life. I want to read a, a, a verse out of Luke chapter 16, verse 12. And it reads like this. See, this is, this is the part where we have to understand, even in your own natural life, you have to understand this principle in order to move forward. Amen? The Bible reads like this, and, and it comes out of Luke chapter 16, verse 12, and the Bible reads like this. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Amen? Amen. See, God is a God of structure and order. Amen? If you can't be faithful with somebody else's stuff, what makes you think God is going to bless you with your own? Amen? Amen. See, this is the part what makes Nehemiah a servant of God. Because Nehemiah was faithful for what was another man's. He was faithful by guarding another man's life with his. Amen? Amen? So when the time was going to come, God was going to bless Nehemiah with his own. Amen? Amen. The Bible says this in Luke chapter 9, verse 24. The Bible says, reads like this. It says, for whoever would save his life will what? Lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Amen? In other words, what he, is, what he is saying, what God is saying to us right now is that, are you willing to sacrifice your life for mine? Amen? Being obedient unto Christ Jesus means to follow my commandments. Amen? He said, if you love me, you will what? Follow my commandments. Amen? But see, what happens is this, is that sometimes we get in our own mind and we become selfish. Amen? See, a selfish mind, well, how can I use you as an example, please, brother? A selfish mind, well, well look, what, what, what can I get out of Stacy? Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. But I'm not going to give you anything back. That's a selfish mind. A servant's mind is, how can I serve you? Amen? This is what God is looking for in his servants this day. Going into 2023, God is asking us right now as a church, those who are listening online right now, is how are you going to serve me? Amen? You would say, well, pastor, I'm dealing with issues my own self. When I raise my hand, I say, I'm dealing with issues too. Amen? Amen? 
So, so don't give me, well, I got, I got this, I got the mortgage. I got a mortgage. Well, pastor, I got to get up early and go to work. And well, I got to get up early and go to work too. Well, well, pastor, I had a disagreement with my wife. Well, I had one too. Well, pastor, my kids are running roughshod. Well, I got a son that's going through something too. See, excuses will stop us from doing what God has commanded us to do. Excuses will stop us from being servants of the living God. You know, my grandmother used to say it like this. You got an excuse for everything except when it's time to eat. <laughs> Amen? When I tell you to go outside and cut the grass, you got an excuse. I tell you to roll a till of the garden, you got an excuse. But as soon as the chicken on the table with the mashed potatoes and the green beans, you the first one at the table. Where's your excuse at then? Then grandma told me this. She says, I'm going to have an excuse. I'm not cooking. Because you didn't do what I asked you to do. I said, I said, no, you ain't. You ain't going to do that. You know what this woman did? She didn't cook for a week. She cooked enough for her and my sisters. Was it? I had to fend for my own. But the whole point was, was this, is that, is that you quit making excuses because you want to get rewarded at the end. The reward at the end is my dinner table. Amen? God is telling us this, this afternoon is that as we go into this year, we're going to have to have the mind of a cupbearer. Amen? Can I sacrifice? Whew. Can I sacrifice? I want you to, to understand that we have to have the heart of the cupbearer and the loyalty of a cupbearer. I want us to understand we have to have the commitment of a cupbearer. It took commitment for the king to look at me and say, well, I tell you, I tell you, why don't you taste that before I do? Woo! That's something by itself, isn't it? And then after I taste it, then he's looking at me. Well, he ain't dropped, and it is. Commitment. It took the love of God to, to be a cupbearer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. It took, took the love of God to be a cupbearer. Nehemiah had the love of God in order for him to have the commitment to be a servant and to be a cupbearer. Jeremiah, I mean, Nehemiah also had the love of God for people because he knew that his town or where he came from was in rubbish and in shambles. Amen? Amen. 
The cupbearer is in each and every last one of you. You you are the cupbearer. You. You're the cupbearer. You. It's nothing special. You are the cupbearer. God is looking at your heart. He says, I'm judging the heart. you're, You're the cupbearer. You're the one that he needs to rebuild. You're the one that he needs to hear the sweetness or the incense of your prayers. It is you. It's you. It is you. He's asking you right now, are you going to be the ones who are going to make the sacrifice of praise? He's asking you. I want to give you a little background of what Nehemiah is looking at. The walls of Jericho, they have fallen and they're in rubbish and they have been burnt, burnt down. There was an ancient city in the east and there was no walls. And I want you to think about this. If you opened up every window in your house, took all the windows out, Everything in your house would be subjected to the elements, wouldn't it? You wouldn't have no protection at all, would you? Somebody could be walking down the street and just get willy-nilly and just climb through the window. These is what the walls look like to Nehemiah. The Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, but I have come to give life and life more abundantly, is that the thief had came and destroyed the walls, and now the cupbearer is going to rebuild the walls and to bring life. The walls in our lives are God's protection. The walls in your heart is the protection of God. When you're walking down the street and the Bible says the word, Jesus said it was the word, the word, the word of God is your protection. The walls are only protected by your prayers and by the word. Amen? The Bible is giving an illustration when he's talking about the walls that Nehemiah is about to build up. And, 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 and I want to kind of give you a little bit of history here. It's, it's 20 years after King Solomon had built the first temple, he died somewhere around 931 B.C. B.C. means before Christ. Amen? So still 931 years before Christ, the first temple walls were broken. And then what ended up happening is this, is that that everybody scattered. Hey, I want you to think about it in your life for a minute. Just kind of think about it. When the temple or when things happen in your life, don't certain parts of your life just scatter? 
The Bible is teaching us something right now. It said the 12 tribes of Israel broke into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom had 10 tribes, and they named themselves Israel. And the southern kingdom had only two tribes, which called themselves Judah. Now, at one time they were all together. Now the temple had been scattered and broken and the walls had, had came down and now what is happening? They scattered. And both kingdoms were under the curse of disobedience and idolatry and fell under God's judgment. The Asians, the, the Asia conquered the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom was conquered by the Babylonians and Solomon's temple was destroyed. So how does, how does the devil get to us? He gets to us through our hearts. That's how he gets to The heart is your temple. He gets to us through our hearts. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. If he's able to do that, then you are scattered. Your mind is scattered. Your heart is scattered. Your feelings are scattered. Amen? The Babylonians thought that they were actually the big dogs on the block until the Persians came in. When the, when the Persian Empire came in, they beat the Babylonians down. Remember that old saying? Well, some of y'all might not, might not know, but there was, a, there was an old saying, if you, if you come in my yard, I'm going to beat you down. Right? Well, this king and his empire went and beat Babylonians down in their own yard. Amen? So they became the big dogs on the block. Now, in the very first chapter, it talks about prayer. I want us to understand this, is that, that prayer is the most important ingredient in your spiritual walk is prayer. Amen? Amen. See, see, prayer, the Bible says pray without ceasing, right? Why would it tell you to pray without ceasing? Because in the first five minutes, you might not see nothing. First five days, you might not see nothing. First 90 days, you might not see nothing. The first three years, you might not see anything. But if you're praying without ceasing, in other words, you're continuing to believe in God's word. Amen? See, the survivors were, were left in captivity in the providence, and they were in great distress, distress and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem is broken, and its gates have been burnt with fire. The first thing Nehemiah did was pray. Verse 5 reads like this in the first chapter of Nehemiah, and he says, and he reminded God of his word. Amen? See, see, that's the thing about prayer is reminding God of his word. Amen? 
The Bible says that his word shall not come back to him void. If you're sitting up here just babbling and going on, and he's like, okay, I'm waiting for my word. Oh, I'm waiting for my word. Okay, let me see, let me see here. I'm waiting for my word. Say something that got my word in it. I wouldn't, he wouldn't care if it was Jesus wept. Okay, you got my attention now. Now, what did Jesus weep, weep about? See, you got to get God's attention. How you get God's attention is with his word, is when you pray. Amen? The Bible reads like this, and he reminded God of his word. And I said, mm. you see that? I prayed, Lord God of heaven, oh great awesome God, you are, <coughs> you, you, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, and for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. You see that? Is that in this prayer, Nehemiah didn't run over here and say, you know, Billy Bob and them did this sin over here, and that's why they're in the state they're in. He said, I'm praying for them, and I confess my sins too. Amen? Prayer, prayer is, prayer is when you humbling yourself, and, and God is acknowledging you. He, he said this. He said, be attentive. Let your ear be attentive. Amen? And your eyes open. Verse 7 reads like this, and we have acted very corruptly against you and have, and have not kept your commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinance which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses. Did you see that? Nehemiah is saying, remember the word that you gave Moses. And this is what I'm praying. Amen? If you, uh, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and to do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen to dwell for my name. Now those of now 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 these are your servants and your people, and you have redeemed them by your great power and by your strong hand. O oh Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant who desires to fear your name, and let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in your sight and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's 
cupbearer. Amen? What is God saying to us right now? He said, if you're being faithful or loyal to another man, then when you're praying and you're asking me for something because sometimes the blessing has to come through the other man. Amen? God is making a point right now in teaching us is that when we pray, we need to be praying for other people. Amen? We need to be praying for other things. The Bible, the Bible is, is making a strong point here because Nehemiah prayed and fasted for four months. See? That's a little research, a little study right there. But he prayed and he fasted for four months. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because we're about to go into 2023. And if you want something from God, you're going to have to sacrifice something. Amen? And if you're not willing to sacrifice something, what makes you think you're going to go to the king's table? Amen? The Bible is teaching us something, is that Nehemiah, he fasted and prayed for four months. Now, Bible says, and if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? Amen? We must learn how to pray and not give up. See, the, the, the first thing that happens is, is this, is that something happens and, and we give up. Oh, I don't see anything right now. I didn't get the job I wanted right now. This might not be from God. And you give up. See, I, I guarantee you, I'm going to put this real, real right here. Men, when you see that young lady that you want, and she caught your eye, and she might have told you, well, I don't want to talk to you right now. I guarantee a dollar to a donut, you still dialed a number. I guarantee you still, still said, um, uh, do, do you want to do anything this weekend? I, I told you I don't want to, I'm not interested. Okay. Seen Ed Myers. Hey, hey, remember me? <laughs> You don't wore it down after six months. Okay, I'll go out with you. <laughs> Ten years later, you got four kids. But I'm saying that you didn't give up. You didn't give up. Because you pursued what you wanted. The next part of this is relationship. Amen? Chapter two deals with the relationship. Nehemiah went before the king because their relationship was strong. You just got to remember what I just said. He was praying and fasting, right? 
He already had a relationship with the king, right? But his relationship with the king wasn't one that he would just walk up and just say, hey, king, you know, you know me and you cool. This is what I want, you know? No, he had reverence for the king. He had respect for the king. He respected the king's relationship with him. And he was not going to abuse that relationship. Amen? What we have to understand about being in Christ Jesus is that there are also boundaries in relationships. Amen? Somebody asked me uh, uh, Wednesday. I had a conversation with a gentleman. We had Bible study. And he said, Pastor, is it wrong for me to tell somebody that I'm not going to take them somewhere? I said, nope. He said, but he said the other person said that I was a Christian. I said, well, when you told him no, you were still a Christian. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because what, what ended up happening was this gentleman took somebody to the hospital. And he did it, took him to a doctor's appointment. And then all of a sudden now this other individual is calling him for everything that they need. And so the, the, the brother is a good brother. And it was troubled his spirit because he thought he was sinning because he didn't take these people where they wanted to go. So he asked me Wednesday night at Bible study. He should have never asked me. But he asked me Wednesday night at Bible study. And he said, but am I sin? I said, no, you're not. I said, because if they called Uber, they're going to pay them $50. Amen? Amen. So, so what makes them think that your time is not as valuable as Uber? Because you're a Christian? The devil is a lie. Being in Christ Jesus means that I'm a servant. I'm a servant unto you, right? But being a servant unto you also means that there's boundaries. Amen? This is what Nehemiah, what he is, what he is, what he is showing us right now is that he prayed and he fasted for four months. Then he asked God, was it okay for me to go to the king? Amen? The Bible says something like this. I'm kind of paraphrasing now that I read it. But, but in a relationship, if we are building a relationship I know your continence, or I know what I know what you when you're going through something. Amen. It's like it's like I've been around a manual for so long that sometimes I can look at him and say, What's going on? He'll tell me, Oh, nothing, Pastor. I'm all right. I said, Come on, what's going on? Oh, nothing. I said, What's going on? And then he'll finally tell me. And and then we'll pray about it. Even my nephew, John Taylor, he'll do the, oh, I'm all, I'm all right, I'm all right, G-man. That's what he called me at home. I'm all right, G-man. But I know something that's going on with him. But see, I'm telling you that relationship is something that, that if we have a relationship, I know when something's going on with you. 
The king had a relationship here with Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, I'm going to show y'all something. Nehemiah walking around like this with the king's cup. Before, Nehemiah's walking around like this. Yeah, king, he's a, he's a, he's a thing. And now, Nehemiah, now, now, now Nehemiah's walking around like, like this. You want this, you want this king? Are you sure? Well, hold on, wait a minute now. Let me taste it for you. I don't think no poison in this one. Why don't you drink it? Right? <laughs> so, so, and the king is saying to himself, this is not you. This isn't you. I'm not used to you acting this way. Why are you so sad? Amen? And then the king says something to Nehemiah. He says, what do you want? See, me as being senior pastor of your church means that I'm connected. I see you. I see you. I, I, I'm watching. I might not run up to you all the time and say, hey, here I am. But I'm, I'm watching. There's a brother that I haven't seen in a while, but I know he's been going through things, and, and I gave him a call, just a simple call. Hey, what's up? How you doing? He said, oh, Pastor, I've just been going through it. And I, I said to him, I said, well, you want to pray about it? He said, yeah. And we prayed about it, and he said, you know, I feel a whole lot better. And thank you for, for thinking of me, and thank you for calling me. But what does that, what does that say? It that sometimes an individual just needs to know that you care. Amen? Nehemiah was, his heart was, was, was broken because these walls were broken down. When I first took over Uptown Church, you know, uh, Pastor Jose was here, and we were working together trying to get things going and, and everything, but, and he did what he could, and I thank God that he did what he could. And then when he passed it on, there were still a lot of things that were broken. It was broken. And my heart was going out, like, God, how do we fix this? The same, the same illustration goes with you with, when you're crying out and you're asking God, God, how do I fix my heart? Job chapter 6 verse 8 reads like this, and, and oh, that I might have my request and that God would grant me the thing that I long for. Relationship is a big part of prayer. Let me go to Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. And I'm going to read this, and it says, now, now watch this. Now this is Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Now watch how God does this. This is Jesus speaking. Now watch this. You would think, you would say, well, well, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm just praying. 
Now, listen how he's going to answer the prayer. Watch this. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. Verse 8. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and him who knocks will be opened. Or what man is among you who, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If then... Being evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Verse 12, therefore, whatever you want men. Huh? Ooh, that's something, isn't it? Nehemiah had to go before the king, didn't he? Right? And get his request granted, right? Listen to what Jesus Christ is saying. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do it also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Amen? So don't think that you're going to be praying and asking God for a request and you're not going to be able to do it for somebody else. We, we run around here in this thought process that I don't need nobody for anything. Well, the devil is a lie. You do. You do need men. You do need women in your life who are going to be able to help you elevate to the next level. Amen? We need each and every last one of you here in this church to take it to the next level. I can't do it. I'll tell you why I can't do it. I'm just a man. It takes God. Amen? Nehemiah understood that his relationship with the king was important, but his relationship with God was the key to his relationship to a natural man. Amen? See, your relationship with God is the key to your relationship with a natural man. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, then you can love your neighbor as you love yourself. Amen? The favor of God does not mean that you won't have haters. You're going to have haters wherever you go. That was really binding on that one, wasn't it? You're going to have haters. Amen? I'm, a, I'm kind of skipping through this. So the Bible, I'm back in Nehemiah. Verse, chapter 2, verse 11 says, And so I came to Jerusalem, and there was three days. I was there for three days. Verse 12 reads, And then I rose in the night, I and a few men with me, I told, I want you to listen to this. I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor was there any animal with me except the one in which I rode. What is God teaching us? God is teaching us is that when God tells you to do something in your life, you don't have to run around and tell everybody. 
My uncle, I was at a rough point in my, in my, in my life. I was really at a rough time. And, and, and I was going through it. And my uncle, he came and picked me up from the police station. Yeah, the police. Yeah, pastor was at the police station. He came and picked me up from the police station, right? And, and he got me in his truck, and we riding down. Now, this is old folks. Y'all know what I'm about to talk. He ain't said a word to me, right? We riding down the street. All of a sudden, he took his truck and pulled over to the side. And when he pulled over to the side, he said this to me. I'll never forget as long as I live. He said, Greg, I'm going to tell you right now. There's a whole lot of people out here, people that you know and are close to you who want to see you fail. He said to me this. He said, Greg, I'm telling you this. Don't Tell nobody nothing. Just show them. Amen? Those are the same people wondering, how did he become senior pastor of Uptown Church? Amen? Those are the same people wondering, how, how did he end up marrying Mary? Those are the same people who are wondering, how did this happen? Do you know what the key was? This is Ebonics too. I ain't told nobody nothing. I just did it. I did not tell anyone anything. I just did it. I just did what God had placed in my spirit and I did it. Amen? And the end result is, is that I'm continually to move because I'm following him. Moses said something that was so important in my life, and I'm going to share it with you. He said, I'm not going anywhere without your presence. Amen? That was the most important verse I ever learned in my life. I'm not going anywhere without your presence. Amen? Y'all got to know, who am I talking about tonight or this afternoon? I'm talking about a cupbearer, ain't I? Amen? I'm talking about a man who's called Nehemiah. Amen? I'm talking about a cupbearer. See, one thing about having a church is this is that when you are in the process of rebuilding and building a church, it takes everybody. It doesn't take a few. It takes everyone to have commitment. The commitment of a cupbearer, the commitment of sacrifice, the commitment of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, the commitment of saying that the church is not Greg's, the church is yours. Amen? What am I saying to you? I'm saying that if you want these walls built for this next generation, you're going to have to do it. 
You're going to have to do it. You've heard me say this over and over and over again, and I'm going to continue to say it until the God tells me not to say it, is that our children are the most important part of this ministry. If we don't build and invest in the children, then the church is going to fail. That's a strong statement, isn't it? But God is telling us going into 2023, do you have the heart of a cupbearer? My, my wife passed out some uh, slips that had names and stuff on it. Those are different names of our ministries that we have. Amen. And I'm going to get to it. But I'm building it up because as we continue to walk through Nehemiah, I want you to see it. Amen? And Nehemiah in the 20th verse, in that chapter, he says, And Nehemiah answered them and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Amen? What am I telling you this this afternoon, I'm telling you that if you want to be a part of Uptown Church, you're going to be prosperous. But you got to put the work in. You got to pray without ceasing. You got to get on your knees and you got to ask God, God, this is what I want. This is what I request. Amen. And then the Bible says, he says, and therefore the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore we, his servants, will rise and build, and you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. And what he is telling us, what he is telling everyone is this. He is telling them that don't, don't say you did something and you didn't. When it rises up, don't say, well, yeah, yeah, I was a part of that and ain't seen you in 40 years. Amen? Amen? This is what God is saying to us. Our, and it's in my spirit, it's, it's really in my spirit is that our children's ministry is going to grow this year. Amen? Now this is my first commitment. We're going to start a children's church starting January 20th. It's on a Friday. Right? And we're going to do it two Fridays a month. And I'm going to start it on the 20th because it's the third Saturday, I believe it is. And this will give us enough time to get sign-ups and stuff like that. And, and what the children's church is going to commit of is this, is that we're going to teach our children how to praise and worship. We're going to teach our children how to pray. We're going to teach our children the Bible. Our children are going to develop a relationship with God. Amen? And I tell you, I'm getting that church bus out. All I need is names and lists. If the parents can't get here, then you need to let us know days ahead of time so we can pick your kids up. And it's going to be from 7 to 830. I remember back when I was growing up, we used to have the drop-in center. 
Mama and them know where we was at. We was at, we was at, the, we was at the center. Well, the, in the same context, God was showing me in the same way. Let the parents know where their kids are at there in the house of God. Amen? I'm almost done. Putting in the work. We got to put the work in. Let me ask you a question. If there was something going on in your life that you were hurting in a certain area in your life, would you just let it go? Or would you try to rebuild it? Or would you ask God, God, what do I need to do to get this pain out of my life? Amen? I had the, the pleasure this past year of uh, connecting and working with young women who had been in abusive relationships. They got out of these abusive relationships and had to go to these safe houses. But what happened? They had to have the courage to get out of it. Amen? They had to get the courage to go rebuild their lives. Amen? Some of these young girls had three babies. But they did it. Amen? What I'm saying to you is that we need to come together as a church to repair the gaps in the walls. Amen? Concerning our children's ministry, our, our praise and worship, our Spanish prayer service, our Swahili prayer service, our media service, building our outreach service, building Uptown Church back to the glory of what God wants it to be. Amen? Amen? My wife passed out those slips. You got, everybody got slips? Huh? What do you say? Well, who, who has the slips? I need the slips. Would you bring them here for me, Vice Mayor? Thank you. Who doesn't have slips? Would you please come down here for a minute? I need to give you slips. Get two slips out of here. Make sure they're not the same. Two slips out of here and make sure they're not the same. Two slips out of there and make sure they're not the same. Two slips out of here and make sure they're not the same.
different. Okay. Anybody else? Two steps out of here, make sure they're not the same. Same thing with this one. And then switch bags. Get two out of there, make sure not the same. Mm-hmm. You better say, Pat, what are you doing, Pastor? Amen. Got him? Okay. Now, what I've done, what I've done is this. Do you want to slip? And you want one? Flip? Okay, take two slips out of here, make sure they're not the same. Whoops. And then take two slips out of here, make sure they're not the same. Anybody else? Okay. Now, we're talking about Nehemiah, right? And we're talking about rebuilding the walls. Part of this also is this, is that Nehemiah, what he did, he commissioned each family to rebuild a certain section of the wall. Amen? Now, thing about it is you would say, well, pastor, we're not but a few here at Uptown Church. And I, and I would say, yeah, it took a, only a few men for Gideon to defeat the armies. And I would say it only took 12 disciples for the, to change the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I would tell you that it only took one man to go on the cross, which was Jesus. Amen? But the few changed the world, right? Amen? So what I've given you is this. Everyone has a slip of paper that has different ministries on it from here at Uptown. Amen? What I'm going to ask you of this is, is this. If you are in agreement with me, I want you to understand the words that I'm saying. If you are in agreement with me about rebuilding the walls here at Uptown and building these ministries here at Uptown, what you have on the slips of paper, those are your prayers for this year. I'm asking you to incorporate those ministries in your prayers. Amen? Why? Because the Bible said that Nehemiah commissioned their families. Each one of you are going to do this part. So what I'm asking you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is that you pray for those ministries. Amen? Are we in agreement? Are we in agreement? Amen. 
My wife got more of them up there. Yeah, she got, she'll, she'll give you some more. The, the thing about it is, is this, is that what I really want you to understand is this, is that the haters, there's going to be a bunch of haters. Amen? But see, when you're rebuilding something, people don't understand it. Amen? It's not like we got a church of 900 and everything is flowing through here. No, it's that we're rebuilding it together and we're rebuilding it as a family. Amen? Let, let, let me get it personal. Let me get it real personal. Those of you who are listening online, some of you may be rebuilding marriages. Amen? Some of you might have stopped smoking and drinking, and some of you might have stopped cussing folks out. That's a real problem, too. Have you, have you been on the East Bell line? <laughs> There's many times I had to throw oil on myself. Amen? But don't allow the opinions of others to stop you. Amen? The whole key is about humbling yourself. It's humbling yourself before God. Amen? The Bible says in Philippians 2.9, it says, Let this mind in you be which also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and having the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to, to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. So the key to Nehemiah was he humbled himself. If we learn how to humble ourselves, then the Bible says that God hears us. Amen? I'm talking about a cupbearer here. I'm not talking about someone who, had, who was esteemed. I'm talking about a cupbearer who was willing to risk his life for the kings. Amen? I'm about to end here. There's two things I want to focus on as I end this message. The number one thing I want to focus on is forgive people of their debts. Amen? Forgive folks. Allow your heart to become free. Forgive people for what they have done unto you. Don't take that mess into 2023. I'm telling you this because I don't want your prayers to be hindered. Amen? The first thing that will hinder your prayer is unforgiveness. Amen? You be, oh, Lord... I fasted and prayed for 90 days and I'm 40 pounds. And he's saying, well, you're still 40 pounds. 
because you haven't forgiven them of their trespasses against you. But you want me to forgive you of your trespasses. We have to learn how to forgive people, even though people may do some of the cruelest things to you. If you forgive them and move on, then it's their problem. Because I guarantee you, as soon as you leave them, they done forgot all about it and you carrying it with you. I'll never forget that joke. He took my McDonald's. Go buy another one. Amen? Amen? But the thing about it is forgiving people of their debts. Release them. Release them of the tax. Quit taxing folks. Well, I'll do this for you if you do this. You don't put a tax on it. If you're going to do something, do it. If you're not going to do it, don't do it. Amen? Amen? That's as simple as I can make it. If you're going to volunteer for something, do it. If you're not going to volunteer for nothing, then don't even open your mouth. Don't do it. The most important thing sometimes when I was growing up was your word. If you gave your word, they, they wanted you to honor your word. What makes you think that God is any different? You want him to honor his word, then you honor his word in your life. Amen. Amen? Amen? Free your spirits so you can focus on your prayers and not your burdens. Amen? Amen. I'm going to close with this. Complete it. The prayers that you have before you, complete them. If you are saying, excuse me, if you are saying, God, I'm going to hold on to these prayers and I'm going to pray these prayers for this whole year, then complete it. Don't get to February and forget what you're praying about. Well, Lord, I don't know where the paper was. Well, by February, it should be in your heart. Amen? Complete it. Distractions. See, we're doing something that's new. So it's going to be a lot of distractions. I'm going to tell you that right off the bat. Distractions. And I'll finish with this. When's the night we had Bible study? Oh, we had a good time at Bible study. We were sitting here and, and everything was going on. We were interacting with everybody. And all of a sudden, I get home that evening and my spirit quickened. I'm wondering, I said, now, what's going on? Only thing I could hear in my spirit was get down to the church. And I'm saying, Lord, I just left the church. I said, Get to the church. Woke up that morning, that Thursday morning. I told Mary, I said, Mary, I got to get down to the church. I said, Lord, is this really working on me? I got to get down to the church. And I want to check it and see what's going on. Uh, and I, my mind, let me, me, me keep it real now. My mind is because of the temperature change, I didn't want it to be like an oven in here. 
So I'm, I'm thinking I'm coming to check the temperature. I walk into the sanctuary, all I heard was drip, 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 bam, 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 bam. And, 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 and I, I, you know, I, I went reaching for my knife, but I didn't have it. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, I ain't going to be the only one to get hurt around here. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to cut somebody. <laughs> Went straight to the streets, forgot all, I'm in the church, forgot all about the word, <laughs> went straight with my knife at. <laughs> so I ran over there and I clicked the lights on. And, and I look up and I see the water coming down in the ceiling. And I said, Lord, we, we just fixed the ceiling. I called my wife. First thing Mary said to me just brought me right back down to where, where I needed to be. She said, Greg, distractions. She said, God has already taken you and he's going to take the church to the next level in this coming year. And the first thing the devil did was put a distraction. To get my focus off of what I'm talking about today about Nehemiah and the cupbearer, my focus was supposed to be on the leak. I called Emmanuel and I called my brother-in-law. I said, can y'all meet me at the church? And we came here and Emmanuel, I looked at him and I said, Emmanuel, I'm too fat to go in them little crawl spaces. And he said, he'll go. I'm talking about the cupbearer now. But what am I saying to you? I'm saying this to you is that, is that no matter what we go through this year, there's going to be distractions. We can't allow the distractions to pull us apart. Amen? The distractions that Nehemiah was going through, they were, they were calling him and telling him, just read this in the sixth chapter. Y'all read this yourself. In the sixth chapter of Nehemiah, they, they were calling him and saying, God said for you to come and meet us. And they wanted to kill him. But Nehemiah didn't allow the distraction to stop him because he said, huh, that don't sound right. That don't sound like my God. Because God told me to do this. Why would he tell you to tell me to come meet you? That don't make sense. What am I telling you, church? I'm telling you that when God places something in your spirit, don't allow the opinions of other people to distract you from what God is telling you to do. Amen? Do what God tells you to do. Pray for these. If you made the commitment to pray, pray. Don't get distracted. Amen? At Christmas time, we were praying out in the narthex. And one of the, prayer, the prayer went something like this when we got done praying. I said, we ain't going to get along all the time this year. But remember, we love each other. 
Amen? Isn't that the key? Distractions. Nehemiah didn't allow the distractions to stop him from building or completing the wall. Do not allow the distractions to stop us from building and completing what God wants us to do here at Uptown. Amen? Now, I'm telling you, what I'm about to do, if you're on board with me, then we're going to ride together. What, what did they say? How do young folks say it? You can ride or die. But we're going to ride. I am going to build this children's ministry with everything that I have. I'm going to make the sacrifice. And I'm going to make sure that these children know the word of God. It will not be said that these children walk out of this church spiritually illiterate. Amen? Are you with me? I hear you now. I hear you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hope y'all got something out of Nehemiah today. Amen. Let's stand and pray out. Oh, oh we got tithes and offerings. That's right, man. You get the bag. <laughs> Let's do tithes and offering. Um Mary, you can come down. Um, tithes and offering. This is the year, the, the end of the year. So we're giving. We, we always give unto God. Amen? God has blessed us to have our doors open. Why have our doors open? It's because you blessed us with tithes and offering. Amen? Tithes, tithes and offering is, is not something that, 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 that God takes lightly because he's going to bless you for it. Amen? The blessing, let me tell you, the blessing today was that you were able to walk through those doors. Amen? Amen? That when Edward came in and flicked the lights on, they came on. Amen? That the boiler is working. Amen? That's your tithes and your offering. Amen? Is that you're keeping God's house running. Amen? So um, let's pray over the tithes and offerings.